Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Zal, the podcast where we hear and share stories of life lived. So this is the first episode of 2019, and I don't have an excuse for the long hiatus other than just being really busy. And I'm also trying to get back into some sort of running shape, and I've been doing longer runs on Friday, which is usually the day I set aside to work on this podcast. But anyway, it's good to be back here sharing some thoughts and stories about life. And since I post episodes so irregularly, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud so that you are sent a notification when new episodes are available. So I wanted to share a story that happened several weeks ago that I've been ruminating on. If you go back to episode 28, you'll remember my friend Tippy, who was running for the state legislature at the time. Well, she won that race and was a freshman representative during the past um, legislative session in 2019. And she invited me to be chaplain of the day uh, during that session. And this means I was to give the opening prayer that day. And I was so honored that she invited me to do this. And so I wrote a prayer. And these are tricky to write because it's not a religious event. And there are people representing multiple faith backgrounds there. And while I am specifically Christian, and my prayer was offered in that vein, I also have to remember that I'm praying for everyone there, not just me or people who believe like me. Now, I know the idea of pre-preparing prayer, pre-preparing, is pre-preparing a word? I think that might be like a double negative. The, The idea of writing a prayer in advance might turn people off because prayer is supposed to come from the heart. But, but again, I'm trying to convey the thoughts of many people, not just me. So actually writing a prayer becomes an exercise in prayer to, to prayerfully consider what uh, people may need to hear and experience. So anyway, I wrote the prayer. I showed up when I was supposed to, and the woman in charge of the chaplain of the day showed me to my seat. And she explained that I was supposed to sit here, wait there, and wait to begin. And when my name was called, I was going to go to the podium and offer the prayer. So, and, and then she said, then, then you're supposed to return to your seat. And she explained that at that point, I'm free to leave, or I can sit and watch the session. But if I stay, I'm supposed to stay at that seat. And that seat is like a seat is like a stone bench along the wall, and it's also where the daily pages sit. And the daily pages are not like college interns; they're like middle school kids who've gotten out of school for the day to take papers to the representatives and, and whatnot. And I have to say that the bench was kind of high off the ground, and I'm pretty short, and my feet had trouble touching the floor. So between that and sitting with middle school kids, I felt like this little kid in a big, intimidating room with all these powerful people. But I was greeted by some people, including Tippy, and, and, I, and I have to say, they made me feel very special in that moment. So uh, the session begins, and the leader began to speak, and I could hardly hear what he was saying, but I, I all of a sudden heard my name, and so I walked to the podium, and I offered the prayer that I had prepared, and I said it, And it wasn't the most beautiful prayer I've ever prayed or or that anyone's ever prayed. But once I was done, I turned and I walked back to my seat as I was instructed. However, as I did, the body started saying the Pledge of Allegiance. 
And when I got back to my seat, I stood and, and faced the American flag like everyone else, and I waited respectfully while they finished. Now, here's the deal. I don't say the Pledge of Allegiance. I haven't for many years. I mean, I haven't had that many opportunities since grade school, but to me, it is a conflict of faith. Um, The idea of pledging allegiance to a flag, an inanimate object, and something that is simply a symbol of a greater ideal just doesn't make sense to me. My personal struggle with the Pledge of Allegiance is that I believe my declaration of love for Jesus should stand above that. So how can I pledge my allegiance to something that may, and often does, stand in contrast with my Christian faith? And I know it makes me sound unpatriotic, and maybe so. I'll accept that criticism. But my choice is not about being against something. It's that I believe in standing for something greater than, than simply a symbol of American ideals. It's not that I'm disparaging the flag or the country or the Constitution or whatever. It, it, it's just it's my choice uh, to, to keep my loyalty squarely directed toward Jesus. And I don't look down or judge people who say the pledge. It's just not my choice. I don't tell my children they can't say it at school or anything like that. It's just my choice. So after the body finished the pledge, they were seated and they began their business. And I had someplace else to be, so I slipped out the back door as I was directed. Before I left, I had to sign out at the desk right in front of the main chamber doors. And I was walking up to that desk. Um, and as I did, this gentleman, and I'll, I'll call him a gentleman for now, walked right up to me, and he got rather close. And I could tell by the look on his face, he was, wasn't coming to thank me for being there. He pointed at me, in, kind of in my face, and said, I'm very disappointed you did not pledge your allegiance to our flag. And... Honestly, I was so caught off guard that I I didn't have a response, and I just kind of mumbled. And I, I don't even remember exactly what I said, but I think I said something like, well, I, I didn't know I was supposed to. Um, and he said, after you finished your prayer, you were supposed to stay at the podium and immediately turn and face the flag for the Pledge of Allegiance. Well... I wanted to tell him that I had not been given those instructions. Those were not the instructions I read received, as if that would matter. <laughs> Plus, I'm, I'm glad I, I wasn't given those instructions because I would have been standing in front of everyone, not saying the pledge, not just over to the side. But anyway, by that time, I had recovered from being caught off guard, but I still didn't know how to respond. And, and I, I think I said, like, I don't even know who you are. And I think I was trying to say, who do you think you are? But it didn't come out right. But by that time, he was walking away anyway. He had said his piece. Um, And the staff person at the sign-in desk just said, just ignore him. And he handed me the pen to sign out. And as I walked to my car, my adrenaline was pumping. But instead of being angry and fired up and mad, I couldn't stop laughing. I mean, I was just almost giddy. I thought it was comical that in the midst of all that was going on in that, those 
important government chambers that day, this guy thought my not saying the pledge was critical um, and, and worthy of him like stepping outside of the chambers to deal with it. But, um, but by the time I got to my car, the, the laughter stopped. And then I started thinking of all the things I wished I had said. Then I was mad. I mean, not at him, but at myself for not thinking of all the great comebacks. And and I wish, I wish I had asked him if he had his head, if he had his head bowed and his eyes closed while I was praying. I mean, if he's going to monitor monitor my patriotism, I should monitor his posture of prayer, right? But I didn't say that. I didn't think about it. And I wish I'd said something like, "Isn't your job as a legislature to protect my right not to have to say the pledge?" <laughs> but I didn't think of that. What I usually say about it is when people ask me about the Pledge of Allegiance or, um, or, or I talk about the Pledge of Allegiance is that I don't pledge my allegiance to anyone or anything but Jesus Christ. And I really wish I had said that because that's really my truth. I mean, it would have been the perfect comeback to this guy because when I found out later who he is, I found out that he prides himself as the keeper of conservative ideals. And he proposed a lot of anti-gay legislation for that legislative session that thankfully didn't make it out of committee. So if he's the poster child for conservative evangelicalism, shouldn't he be making that same argument? Shouldn't evangelicals be the ones saying that there should be nothing we put above our faith and loyalty to Christ? Shouldn't they be saying that pledging their allegiance to a flag is placing another God before the one true God, Yahweh? And I'm not disparaging evangelicals. In fact, I think they, that, uh, that conservative politicians have co-opted the word evangelical from faithful Christians. And I'm not saying that I am the model of faithfulness. When you look at my actions, there are many false gods that I worship. I mean, materialism and, and perfectionism and safety and security. So that's why me being the one to make this argument is a little ironic. And perhaps it's my lack of faithfulness that makes me feel the need to avoid anything that would further distract me from the center of my faith. But I think the, the real issue this guy had with me has little to do with my display of patriotism. It wasn't about me at all. It was about the prayer I prayed. Because I prayed for gay and transgendered people and poor people and uninsured people. And I prayed for homeless people and black and brown people and, and everyone who is marginalized. And I proclaimed that God was their God and reminded the legislature that they were there to protect those people too. That's what he was mad about. But he had no argument because who criticizes a prayer? He couldn't come out and say, how dare you pray for poor people? So this is where my reflections on this encounter have really been. It's on prayer and the purpose of praying before non-religious meetings and events. I mean, what is the purpose of offering prayer at these 
civil and public forums? Is it to have a true experience of divine intervention, or is it simply a head nod to God before we do the important stuff, the stuff we've really come there to do? I mean, it's been my experience that that people don't really want actual prayer. They want the idea and illusion of a prayer. And I'm not I'm not talking just about politics like like this one. I'm, I've been asked to pray before races, before meetings, before fundraiser galas, before awards banquets. I was even asked to pray before a protest rally. And they all wanted me to be able to say, they all wanted the, the, the event to say, we did a good thing by having a prayer, but they don't want the prayer to change anything. I mean, does the state legislature really want God to show up? Because if God does, they aren't going to ha- have a lot of fun. They're going to have to do a lot of things differently. The, the last time Jesus showed up at a political event posing as a religious event, he kicked some tables over. Now, I, that may be a stretch of biblical interpretation, but you get my drift. And so I, I've been reflecting on this, and I started to make some sort of personal declaration that, you know, I'm done praying at strictly secular events. I was I was thinking that these displays of false faithfulness water down the power of prayer, and, and they kind of make a mockery of it. But I'm I'm backing off that because in this case, the prayer worked. God showed up. This guy wasn't upset about my lack of patriotism. He was convicted that God may love people he has a problem with. He was uncomfortable with having to love and represent all the people God loves. It's like God showed up and didn't look like he thought he should. I invoked the name of God whose image lives in every person. And that God showed up and made him nervous. But, but because he wasn't in touch with where those emotions were coming from, he looked for something he could lash out at, which was me. So even though people don't really want God to show up at that $1,000 a plate fundraiser with an open bar, I'll still go and pray in case God wants to show up. Or even though people don't really want God to change their predetermined decisions before a meeting, I'll still offer an opening prayer. I'm I'm still not going to go pray before the protest rallies. That was super awkward. I'm, I'm kidding. I'll probably do that too because I'm a people pleaser. It's just that we never know where God is going to show up. And it may make us uncomfortable. In fact, it should make us uncomfortable. Anyway, thanks for coming back. And I know it was coming way back because it's been so long since I put up an episode. But thanks for wrestling with these thoughts. Thanks for living deeply. As always, thanks to Mr. Carter. Until next time.